Welcome to the Gamesmith's Table Talk. This is a roundtable format discussion where I and my guests try to cover three tabletop roleplaying related topics in 15 minutes. If you know anything about tabletop roleplayers, then you'll know that this is an ambitious goal. Let's head to the table. Hi everyone, I'm Clayton the Gamesmith. I started a YouTube channel in March of 2019, and now it's time to take the next step. Before we get started, I'd like to share a little bit about myself. I'm a GM most of the time, I write quite prolifically, I create game and campaign resources for tabletop games, I draw maps, I make 3D terrain, and the list goes on. I've been role-playing since the 1970s, and if there was a game in the 1980s or the 1990s, I've probably played it. So if anyone out there else who else has played Macho Women with Guns, let me know in the comments. For the last decade, I've been focused on Pathfinder 1st Edition, and that's where my passion is. To my right is Seated. Oh, I'm Franklin. Um, yeah, I started gaming in the early 2010s in high school, and mostly Pathfinder 1st Edition as well. I've, in the last couple of years, I've been branching out to a few other different systems. I've been reading Pathfinder 2nd Edition, little bits of D&D here and there, uh, Firefly, Monster of the Week. Uh, very, very avid gamer. I've been playing video games my entire life. I write rule systems. I used to play trading card games. If it's gaming-related, I probably have at least dipped my toes into it at some point. And yeah, and seated to my right is... Hi, I'm Cheryl. I started my role-playing adventures in the 1980 with Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. I'm an avid player and GM for too many systems to list here. My preferred system at the moment is Pathfinder 1st Edition, having started with it in the very first playtest. And I've been tabletopping with Clayton for over 25 years. To my right is... <laughs> Hi, my name is Clark. Uh, like a lot of gamers in my age group, my first experience with tabletop gaming was Advanced Dungeons & Dragons in the mid-80s, followed by a lot of RPGs of various genres through the 80s and 90s. A lot of games that would cater to very specific and niche demographic post-apocalyptic games like Twilight 2000, superheroes, space operas, even the espionage spy genre with games like Top Secret. But it really wasn't until 3rd edition came out and then followed by Pathfinder that I renewed my passion for tabletop gaming. So, let's get started with our first topic. Stay tuned. The views and opinions of the panel are their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of any other individual company or organization. This podcast has been known to be opinionated. You have been warned. Our first topic today is gestalting. Now, in the event that you're not aware of what gestalting is, it is where you take two character classes and you merge them together into a single character and play both classes at the same time. This is not multi-classing. Multi-classing is if you would have one level of one class and one level of another class, and when you level up, you then choose which one of those classes you level up. Gestalting is you move all of your classes up at the same time. You can look up the gestalting rules uh, just about anywhere. A simple Google search will hand it off to you, and uh, you can learn all about the specific rules, which we're going to be talking about quite shortly. Now, we're going to begin with Clark, because you are new to gestalting, and I'd like to know what you think of it. Um, I was actually initially reluctant with the idea of gestalting until I had an opportunity to try it. 
I'm the kind of gamer that likes to start with a concept and pick different feats and skills and, and things out of the rule set to support my concept rather than optimizing it for mechanical advantage. Uh, but my biggest worry initially was that by gestalting having two character classes that advance at the same time, that I would somehow lose the originality of theme um, that I started with. But much to my uh, pleasure, I found it only strengthened the character themes that I had in mind. Um, so having only tried the Gestalt rules recently, I would definitely say I'm a huge fan of it. Awesome. I'd like to uh, go more on to your concept idea. Most of us at our table uh, are concept players, and I find that the Gestalting rules really help you highlight that. There's often times where you're like, you know, I want to do this, but the rules don't allow me to do this. For instance, if you were wanting to make a Gandalf-like character that can both fight with a sword and do magic, there's really nothing in the rules that say, hey, do that. Uh, unless you get into archetypes, which is another topic altogether. But with the gestalting rules, you can very much do that. You can be a fighter wizard. Yes. And I do believe way back in the day uh, in D&D First Edition, Gandalf was a thief fighter wizard. That is correct. You, re you really had to multi-class that. <laughs> you really had to multi-class in order to get the character that you wanted. Whereas now I could take fighter and a wizard and... Just as you say, I could actually use the feats from my fighter to improve my wizard. So I could downplay the fighter part and use those abilities to highlight my wizard part. Absolutely. Also, um, within the gestalting rules, uh, there's the rule where you take the better of your... Stats. Your stats or your, your abilities. abilities, like your saves. Not your abilities so much, but your game mechanic. Your saves, your, your bab, hit points. So you're not losing something out, like... If you multi-class and you have two different character classes that are different hit die, then when you level up in one, you take that hit die rather than just taking the better of the two. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I generally agree with a lot of the, the statements that have been made. Um, the thing that is really engaging for me about gestalting is that it does open up, similar to what people talk about, it opens up a lot of concepts that aren't really viable within a multi-class system. One thing as well is I think gestalting is a lot more newbie-friendly than multi-classing. I've definitely read a lot of people on the internet and on forums and also in my own experience having played a couple of multi-class characters if you're going to multi-class you kind of want to have the whole build planned out right from the start you kind of want to know what you're doing because it's very easy to screw up a multi-class build to make it be very ineffective especially if you're not playing with like uh, for example the fractional progression in unchained um, pathfinder unchained smooths out some of the numbers a little bit but adds a lot of extra math to the system uh, multi-classing just is a, a more complex system to deal with whereas gestalting I can't really think of a bad gestalt. Like, I'd be hard-pressed to come up with two classes that are... There are definitely classes that are more optimal than others, but I can't think of a, a class combination that's bad, per se. I would definitely have to agree with that, because uh, with the gestalting rules, it's, it follows a simple formula where you basically take the best of the two classes, and you can keep your concept, you can keep your theme, and uh, it just allows you to experience more of the game mechanics in a single character. One of the things I find about um, gestalting that's maybe a little bit on the negative side, maybe not, depending on how you look at it, is if you were running, I'll say, vanilla rules, that's rules that don't have any house rules or home rules or anything like so that. So just straight canon rules. Just straight canon rules is the feat problem. Now, when you gestalt, you have two character classes that you have to take care of. So you have to decide with the amount of feats that you get in canon 
which of those characters are you going to highlight? Um, if you are, say, a ranger wizard, do you highlight the wizard side, you know, and start taking your, your metamagics and stuff like that? Uh, or do you highlight the ranger side and really take feats that, that go with the ranger? Do you do a mix match? Or what do you guys think of that? Um, I like the fact that it gives you a flexibility. Uh, like my Paladin Oracle, for example, I originally started out with the con- Paladin concept that I wanted the Oracle to basically buff. Um, but as I've played it more, I'm now focusing on the other side of my Gestalt. So it's really opened up a lot of options that I wouldn't have available had I picked a, a single character class. In regards to feats. Yes. And I'd agree with that as well. I think the the way, of, in my experience creating Gestalted characters, there's kind of two ways to go about it. First way is the way that you mentioned, where you kind of pick one class to be your primary class, and then you find a second class to sort of piggyback on the first, um, where you'll have a character, a Gestalted character, but who is very much a wizard first and a ranger second, for example. Otherwise, the other way is to try and find two classes that have similar themes so that you can play them together. I, for example, played a, um, a shaman and summoner as a gestalt. And because they're both more backline spellcasting classes, the shaman especially I was focusing more on buffing and buffing and healing abilities that mixed well with the summoner, I didn't have too much of a problem with feat selection because the feats I'm taking for one class are the same as the feats I take on the other. So depending on your class choice, it can be more or less of a problem. I also find that it really gives you an opportunity to take what Cheryl said and to push it the one step further is where you're kind of having to choose which one of these to highlight better than the other. You can take that to an extreme case where you could pair a wizard with a fighter, for example. And the fighter, flat out in Pathfinder 1st Edition, gets more feats than any other character class. That is true. In the core rulebook. So imagine now that the extra five feats and arcane discoveries that I get as a wizard is now supplemented by the extra feats that I get as a fighter. Now, they may have to be combat feats, but I can still tweak them to feed into my wizard and make a very, very strong wizard. Mm-hmm. Or I could go the reverse and make a kick-ass fighter who can also, surprise, cast Fireball. And I think that's probably the most important consideration for making a Gestalt character when you're choosing your classes. You always want to be thinking about how do these classes work together? Am I going in two different directions with two different classes, or can I can I work them together and synergize them? In your fighter wizard, my initial thought is I'm spending my fighter feats to enhance my ray spells, Scorching Ray, Ray of Frost, Ray of Enfeeblement. So I'm taking point blank shot, I'm taking precise shot, things that will improve that. And maybe on the fighter side, I pick up a bow, because there'll be synergies there. You always want to be thinking about how you can kind of run your classes next to each other. You're also going to have to worry about the synergy in terms of um, the in terms of MAD. Yes, attributes, absolutely. So in the event that you're not aware of that acronym, it is if you have a multiple attributes uh, that you have to highlight. So in this example, a wizard really needs intelligence and really doesn't need strength or con or dex, but a fighter needs, you know, two of those. At the very least. At the very least. So when I gestalt something, do I have to pay attention to where am I putting my stats, my stat numbers, because am I hampering one side of the gestalt in comparison to the other? That will usually be a problem with your spellcaster and melee combinations, where the spellcaster is focusing more on the mental stats and the melee character is focusing more on the physical, obviously. Or mixing, for example, divine and arcane spellcasters. Um, If you're, for example, playing a cleric wizard and you're splitting your stats between charisma and wisdom on the cleric and intelligence for the wizard, there can be some issues there. 
You can make it work, but it's a challenge. Which that kind of dovetails into this idea, Clark, your first experience with gestalting. Uh, you've mentioned to us numerous times about the synergy of where you put, needed to put your stats. Yeah, um, actually being new to gestalt, I, I get a lot more enjoyment out of the character creation process now because I'd look at new ways that two different classes can synergize together. Um, one thing I look at is definitely signal stat dependency. If you could find two classes that both rely on a similar stat, like uh, a paladin for his supernatural abilities and an oracle for the spell casting, for example. But also saving throws that would complement each other. Or focusing on having one class strengthen the weaknesses of the other class. I've, I've made a, a very fun character based just on trying to support each other's weaknesses in a build. It's definitely a, a much more enjoyable process and, and more things to consider when you're putting your concept together. Just for our listeners, everyone around the table is nodding while Clark is talking. <laughs> Very much so. Like, if you are, once again, going back to the wizard fighter, you can do a concept with the wizard fighter where you don't have the highest intelligence that you could possibly have. In Pathfinder 1st Edition, for your caster stats, the number of the stat is the highest level that you can cast. So if you have a 16 casting staff, you can only, stat, you can only cast six, up to 6 level spells. So you can definitely make a character around that where you don't necessarily need the high intelligence that you would if you were just playing a wizard. I do want to throw it as well. My um, Having made a number of Gestalt characters up to this point, uh, my... My life hack for any of you thinking about making Gestalt characters, take a look at the archetypes and see if there's something that lets you change your stats. There's a Sorcerer Bloodline that lets you move your casting to Charisma. There's a Kineticist archetype that moves everything from Khan to Charisma. Things Magus has archetypes, again, to move to Charisma. There are ways to change what your core stats are, and if you can create a synergy there, it opens up a lot more interesting class combinations. Oh, and then on the archetype thing, if you're playing a single class and you're thinking of playing an archetype, you really look at that and say... What am I giving up to play this single class? Exactly. Whereas if you're gestalting, you could take one of your gestalted classes and do an archetype. Right. Because then if you you feel like one of those classes is kind of nerfed a little bit in order to get another special ability, the other half of your gestalt is still rocking. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to just toss out as a, a slight change of topic, but as a word to warn, word of warning to GMs who are thinking about using Gestalt. Using the Gestalt rules will inevitably create a little bit of extra work for you as, well, it's not a strict, you know, a Gestalt character is two regular characters. It's not quite that cut and dry. Gestalt characters are more powerful than single class characters. And so you'll need to put in a little bit of extra work, beefing up encounters. That might mean advanced templating things. That might mean just adding, well, you know, the quick rules for advance where you just add to die rolls on the fly. It could mean adding more monsters to an encounter, but you'll need to deviate a little bit from printed adventures if that's what you're using. And it can take a little bit to get used to the power level of these characters. I really want to focus in on that, uh, but it seems we're coming to the end of our 15 minutes. I'm so glad we reached all three topics. Oh, dear. So I think what we're going to do is in our second podcast, we will continue addressing gestalting. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Thank you.